Hello and welcome back to Mies on Smash, the podcast where we plot out the Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe one game at a time. I am your co-host, Simon Lewis Ong. And I'm your other co-host, Pete Simmons-Hayes. Pete, is there anything in the whole wild universe that you love more than going gorilla? The only thing I love going more than gorilla is going Donkey Kong. Absolutely. Going absolutely Donkey Kong. And... Pete, for you, what does going Donkey Kong entail exactly? Well, in college, Simon, we, we had a drink that we specifically called the Donkey Kong. Uh-huh, if, uh-huh, if, uh-huh. And what, what, what it was is you would the bartender would get whatever alcohol is within a gorilla arm's reach, put it into a barrel or a barrel-like sized cup, and then you kind of swish it around, and then you get a banana, and you tr- make sure the banana absorbs like as much liquid. Yeah, as it you got to you got to get a really you got to get a really soft and yeah, and and, and uh, absorbs banana. Yeah, and then you get all your boys together, uh-huh, and then they have uh-huh. to they have to sing the Donkey Kong '64 rap as you chug the barrel. And sure, then, sure. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And then and they then, have to really get into it. And then when you finish the drink, you have to eat the banana, which has gained like two pounds. Right, the soggy banana. That's, and, that, that, and it tastes like... It tastes great. Like like pure alcohol. <laughs> it tastes amazing. Right. It's awesome. There's a reason that there are not a lot of drinks out there that are garnished with a whole banana. It was banned from the booklet they give you at bartending school. <laughs> right, right. But... Go to any bar in America, only specifically America. America and Japan, this is are the only two places where they'll know what you're talking about. But if you order, if you go up to the bartender and order a Donkey Kong and tell him Mizan Smash sent you, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. And, and sometimes sometimes they'll, they'll they'll say no. They, because it's not that they don't know how to make it. They don't want to because it's really complicated. It's really emotionally taxing. But that's where the Donkey Kong spirit comes in, where you just don't take no for an answer. Pete, you know that apes and primates, they, they hold a very um, dear place in my heart. And it's for that reason that Donkey Kong has sort of a special place in the Nintendo canon. And um, that he's, he's, he's the most famous ape in video gaming. Oh, completely. And he's amazing because sort of like Yoshi, when you look at him... You understand right away who Donkey Kong is. You don't need it explained to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, at least at least with the Donkey Kong that we all know and love as the modern Donkey Kong, I think the the paradox there is that there are actually multiple Donkey Kongs because you got the original Donkey Kong right. that appeared in arcade systems in 1981. That he eventually later become, cranky becomes Cranky Kong. Kong, right? He gets right. old, and, and Donkey Kong proper... Donkey Kong Jr. Right. Well, no, Donkey Kong Jr. is Cranky Kong's son, and then the Donkey Kong that appears in Smash is Donkey Kong Jr.'s son, Cranky Kong's grandson. So there's three different Donkey Kongs. We got Donkey Kong slash Cranky Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and then Donkey Kong the third, or who's just become colloquially known as Donkey Kong. So you're right that, like, from a from a character design standpoint, Donkey Kong is uh, incredibly easy to understand. You know who he is. He's got the tie. But from a lore standpoint, there's much more lore, I think, in Donkey Kong than there is in Mario. The you know the franchise that right. is, is sort of its its companion. So franchise. with the tie, do you think they like pass down the ties from Donkey Kong to Donkey Kong? Or I don't does think each so because I because uh, Donkey Kong. 
from the arcade version, he never has a tie. He's just a gorilla. That's and a Donkey, good point. It's Donkey, the weekend. Right, and Donkey Kong Jr. just sort of wears like a... Uh, like a like white a diaper. Beater. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't have a... Does he have a diaper? I no, th- well, there's Baby Donkey Kong, and it's... He's got a diaper. It's unclear which v- version of Donkey Kong Baby Donkey Kong is. Is that Baby Donkey Kong the third? Is that Baby Donkey Kong Jr.? Or is it Baby DK the first? We'll save that for when Miyamoto pitches us. There are a lot of Kongs. The Kong family has... It's one of the great dynasties in Nintendo lore. Because in, right. in addition to the three Kongs, you've got Diddy... You got Candy, you got Dixie, you got Funky, you got Wrinkly, you got Lanky, you got Tiny, you got... You got, uh, you got Josh. You got Josh. <laughs> I can't forget Josh. There's a, there's, <laughs> it's a real family tree that they've got going on. Josh Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that guy went to my high school. Josh Kong, right, right, right. If you were to make a family tree of the Kongs, it would look almost as complex as, like, the British royal family. I like what you're saying about Donkey Kong being both simple and complex because one thing that video games have over movies, in my opinion, is I think sometimes we're a little bit uh, up our own asses with movies. Like, something has to be really complicated in order for us to consider good sometimes. But with video games... Donkey Kong is one of the most, like, technically... It's just a brilliantly designed platform in Donkey Kong Country. We all know it's, like, a legend. But at the same time, it's super accessible just to anybody. It's for kids. Absolutely. And you don't really look at movies like that, I think. Right. Like, with, like, the very few exceptions where I think, like... Except, like, maybe Pixar. Like, maybe Pixar. Yeah, That's what I, I was going to say. Like, exception. Pixar is kind of, like, the exception there where I think... Donkey Kong Country, it's it's the Pixar of video games. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, like, think of, like, you know, when you have, like, a best movies of all time list, I'd say. Right. Like, you're not, you know, you're you're not watching that with your six-year-old sometimes. Right, right, But with, like, Donkey Kong Country, you kind of both enjoy it for the same thing. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, It'll make you laugh, and it'll make you cry. Big monkey with tie. It will make you cry because that game is incredibly difficult. Right. And frustrating. Um, in, in, a good way, in a good way. And with emotionally moving music. And emotionally. And, 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 the, and Funky Kong's arc in that game. Oh my god. We're still talking about we're it. We're still talking about it. I mean, there are whole um, corners of Twitter dedicated to love of Funky Kong. Shout out to uh, Funky Kong Jorts, number one Funky Kong fan, no question. If you're listening to this, we love you. Come on, uh, pitch us a Funky Kong. Pitch us, pitch us the Funky Kong movie. But no, I mean... It's very accessible. It lives on, um, despite the fact that, again, it's one of these franchises that Nintendo doesn't. You know, this could I, we could be proven wrong here, and then you know we're recording this before E3, so we could be proven wrong here in a couple weeks. But it's one of those franchises that Nintendo doesn't really seem particularly interested in, um, just sort of doing basic maintenance on. Yeah, they kind of outsource it to retro. Outsource it to retro and rare before then. And, you know, even when they do outsource it, they don't outsource it very often. It's, it's, been... it's like putting your grandma in a home. Right, like, right. You know? Yeah. And he was there first. Right, right. Exactly. He was, like, he's literally, like, as original as Mario. He's, he, you know. Right. In fact, it, in many ways more original because the game was called Donkey Kong. You know, Mario was kind of, you know, you played as Mario, but it was Donkey Kong's game, you know? It, it, in many ways, Donkey Kong is cheated out of his role as Nintendo's mascot by right. Mario. Well, maybe this movie will help with that. Maybe this is the thing that's going to put Donkey Kong back on right. top of the tower. Maybe maybe there's a Nintendo executive out there who listens to this show, and instead of 
hearing this and deciding to sue the pants off of us. He'll hear this and be like, you know what? Fuck this Mario guy. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the King of Kong <laughs> back in his rightful places at at, at the top of uh, Nintendo HQ. So I think without further ado, let's meet our writer. Choose your character. Nathaniel Feely is a writer and performer who reached his peak as a member of NYU's premier sketch group, Comic Sans. He has since written for Cartoon Network Studios on a project in development, as well as for Hooked as a freelance story writer for their Snapchat and mobile app. Though you probably know him from his starring role as Winthrop in his church's 2008 production of The Music Man. A dear friend as well, here's Nathaniel. Hey guys, I mean I've been talking for like five minutes now. It's okay. We got we got to be formal at some point. Okay. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, this is a really a dream come true. You know, I've been listening to the pod since uh, I was a little kid. You know, sneaking up to my room at late at night. Yeah, to, in between you know, Music to, Man rehearsals. Exactly. It's been, uh, <laughs> this has been decades in the making for me, so I'm so glad to finally be here, guys. Nathaniel, what does Donkey Kong mean to you? Um, Donkey Kong means the slow but strong character from smash bros okay Um, okay heavy tier i think you'll find out more throughout my pitch but i don't know nearly as much on on the lore as (laughs) you guys um that's gonna be abundantly clear very soon nathaniel your favorite movie to my knowledge and your taste in movies uh your favorite (laughs) movie is spectacular now and I would call you not an art boy, but you, you really like these these character driven A twenty four as Florida project as movies. He's a lynch. Really, uh, you're really spoiling what's about, what's to come, guys. Well, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. We just came to you and we're like, hey, do you want to do Donkey Kong? We need a Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you struggle with that at all? Uh, like finding Donkey Kong's truth with with the style of movie you like. I think I didn't find Donkey Kong's truth, and I just wrote the movie I would like. <laughs> if that makes sense. That's, you know, that's excellent, too. Like, yeah, the more you guys were talking about how funny he is and how, and how bits, how many bits he does, I was just like, fuck, guys. Like, there are, there's not a bit to be found in this pitch. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how Lynchian would you say are we about to get with Donkey Kong? Because um, I know I you're would, a big Twin, Twin Peaks fan. I would say there is a small – there's a hint of Lynch. Okay. I would say we're, we're really more going for like Sofia Coppola-style Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm. Okay. okay. Like this movie like needs to be directed by a descendant of Francis Ford. Um, I'm looking at – have you guys heard of Romy Mars? Do you know who that is? No. She's the 14-year-old daughter of Sofia Coppola. I think she's the best candidate to direct this film. Fascinating. So just keep that in mind the whole time I'm pitching this to you, that I want a 14-year-old ingenue. What about Romy Mars makes her so perfect for Donkey Kong? Um, I thought it'd be funny to pitch her. <laughs> not working, uh, the joke doesn't go, doesn't really go farther. That's the most honest anyone's ever been on this podcast. I'm I'm glad I can be uh, truthful, if nothing else. How much research did you play Donkey Kong at all to prepare for this pitch? No, um, no, <laughs> just sure, no. 
Um, I am not really a video game kind of guy. For some background, I recently bought um, The Last of Us to prepare for the, the, the HBO show. Um, I played about two hours of it two months ago and I've never gotten back to it. It's just not how my brain likes to be entertained. But yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, luckily, I, I mean, luckily Donkey Kong, as we've, as we've stated, is not a character with like crazy, you know, you're right, Pete, that like you can understand Donkey Kong from just looking at him. And it, to be fair, Donkey Kong is also a character with like so many, um, with, with such a, like Donkey Kong is Nintendo's original character. Like, yes, with Mario, Mario and Donkey Kong appeared in in the arcade game Donkey Kong, which was like Nintendo's one of Nintendo's very first games. So I feel like with that um, sort of iconicness in pop culture comes a certain ability to um, have leeway with how we interpret him because he's already so you, you don't need to explain to audiences who Donkey Kong is. You can give a subversion of who Donkey Kong is and audiences will still they won't feel like confused because they know donkey Kong. yeah it's sort of like how you can you don't need a hulk movie in the new marvel cinematic universe you can just put him there and people understand big green pants right right and and it's for that reason that you can also like you can do like hey hulk's smart now because people understand like subversions of that character that aren't like the purest most bread and butter version of what that character is exactly which means, Nathaniel, you can really take Donkey Kong in any direction here. And, and I, th- I think audiences are going to be on board with it. That being said, in the timeline, this will most likely be one of the earliest films that um, the world sees in our universe. Um, <laughs> or maybe not. Or, or maybe, maybe not. not. Um, should we get into it? I think should we should get into it. Yeah. yeah. Let's break go ahead the story? and break the story. Absolutely. Right, let's break the story. Okay, um, I'm going to start off by saying, you know how on like t- film Twitter you see people say the phrase, no plot, just vibes? That is absolutely <laughs> what I'm going for right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do some uh, uh, more background work than probably you're used to because we, I, I want to set the vibe of this movie before I even get into the story, okay? Um. Basically, what I'm going for is, do you guys, have you, have you guys ever had that experience where you hear some, like, cool indie director is going to, like, their next project is going to have, like, all these big stars involved, and then, like, you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be sick, like, this is going to be a huge movie, and then, like, a year later, it premieres at Cannes, and you're like, oh, it's going to Cannes, this movie is going to be so good. And then it like flops. Like everyone's like, this movie is trash. It's garbage. No one picks up for distribution. Um, And then like a year later, you're like, whatever happened to that movie I wanted to see? And you find out that like it got released in New York and LA for like one weekend and like fully flopped. And you're like, oh, I guess I'll just never see this movie. That's what I want this movie to be. (laughs) Like that's what I'm going for for this picture. Okay. Okay. Um, Essentially, it is... like a Halloween 2018 style sequel to the original Donkey Kong game. Like I know you guys have been setting up like a mythology and canon for 
this whole podcast, but like this will only reference Donkey Kong, the original arcade game. Interesting. So are you saying that in this universe, the game of Donkey Kong exists? No, no, no. I'm saying that this takes up, this picks up story-wise after that game. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But like, we're not dealing with any uh, other canon, at least in this. Like, if this can, like, it can also be happening. I'm like, is it part of the larger universe? But like, this... Uh, movie is not going to explore it. Right, that. right, right. This is okay. really like the only past events it references are what happened in Donkey Kong, the arcade game, which is Donkey Kong tussles with Mario, steals his girlfriend, Mario chases after Donkey Kong. That's it. That's your interpretation of events, but we'll get into... Uh, right, or, or really some happened. version of... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. You gotta stop exactly. assuming stuff. People always exactly. surprise us on this thing. <laughs> All right, um... That's, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about continuity at the end, you said, right? So Yeah, I can, yeah. Okay. Wait, we have a whole section, don't worry. Okay, well, I have plenty to say, so just, just let's get right yeah. to okay, Other than that, um, I think I'm ready to start the actual script. So, Donkey Kong, here known as Don, to humanize <laughs> him, he's Don. Um, he's played by Robert Pattinson in a motion capture suit. Like okay. very high tech. Like the budget of this movie is going to be like two hundred million dollars, but like all but fifty grand is on the suit, and like everything else is like it's just the most low budget shit you can imagine. Question about Robert Pattinson. Yeah, because Robert Pattinson is known for being very honest about what he thinks of the movies he's in, the roles. Uh, he's just kind of a weird dude. How does he <laughs> feel about playing Donkey Kong? And if he's on like Seth Meyers, what does he what does he say? This is like this is a lifelong dream for him. Like he yeah. he did this like he basically paid us to be involved. Like he right. Right. he actually he famously left the Batman sequel to do this movie instead. Like <laughs> very. Yeah. To him, it doesn't matter what the critics say about it. This is like this is a career-defining performance for him. This, like, when when he looks back on his career and his life, like this is the best. Right, it's Safdie Brothers and Nathaniel Feely's Donkey Kong. I I actually almost cast Benny Safdie as Don, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, alas, we we needed our paths, you know, for uh, to get those butts and seats, you know. And he's doing basically he's, he's basically doing the Andy Circus in the Planet of the Apes trilogy thing where he's like that like you're we're talking like that level of CGI. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um well I guess I'll just get a little a bit ahead of myself just so we know now that there are other um are they apes? I I I I've thought of them as just Kongs, because there are other lot everyone's last name is Kong. Yeah, right? they're all Kongs. Kongs are apes, but they're 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 their own thing. They're they're okay. the Kongs. Yeah, Kongs, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, the other Kongs are because there are going to be more. They're not CGI. They're just like in a monkey suit. <laughs> only, <laughs> only Don is CGI. Would you say so, monkey suits like like uh, like two thousand one a Space Odyssey style? Yeah, or like the or like the Planet of the Apes Tim Burton remake. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So, it might, people might not be on board, but it's just it's my artistic vision that we have to run with. I can see that. Like, remember, I remember, like, 
with for cats like a year before it came out there's an article that's like they're gonna be the size of real cats but they're gonna be humanoid and everyone was like what (laughs) i feel like there's a similar thr article that's gonna be in donkey kong everyone's in a monkey suit except donkey kong there is gonna be way more press before this movie than act than afterwards like Everyone wants to know the lore about what's going to happen, but then when it actually comes out, everyone's like, everyone's like, I'm not seeing this fucking movie like <laughs> at all. It's a, it's it's it like it's going to bankrupt whatever studio funds this. It's like very very similar to Cats, actually. <laughs> Other than the bankruptcy part, that's basically what happened to Cats. <laughs> basically, I, I I knew I knew you'd be able to bring it back to cats somehow. God, I love that movie. <laughs> so this is the type of movie where when the trailer drops, everyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah. That's fair to say. Okay, so basically we start with um, Don, or Pattinson, being released from prison. He goes outside into the cold winter air, and he's immediately met with, like, picketers, like, protesting his release from prison. Like, to essentially show that um, a lot of the community is not on board with him becoming a private citizen again like this is a controversial release um he then immediately steps into a black car that's waiting for him the driver the chauffeur um acknowledges him clearly they know each other for a long time um and he gets into the back and uh the radio was talking about how donkey kong is getting released this morning and how uh Mario and Pauline have no official comment. And then Donkey comes uh, and he turns off the radio. Um, so all, like, off the bat, we're world building, you know? Um, Don then goes back to his fancy Brooklyn apartment. Um, we see like dusty memorabilia hanging everywhere, um, like Grammys and like <laughs> diamond record plaques. Um, and we start to how, uh, how long has he been in jail for? Ten years. Ten years, okay. Um, but yeah, so now that he's out of prison and around all his grubbies, uh, we like we're starting we start to like wonder like what like what the fuck? Why does he has why does he have Grammys? Of course he has Grammys because he was the founder of Donkey Kong Country Music. Like he is <laughs> um, right the controversial figurehead for the whole genre, you know? He's like Elvis for Donkey Kong Country. Exactly. Yeah. I would say, but low-key on some on some level, more like Elvis mixed with Charles Manson because, like, ah. people don't like Don. Gotcha. And we'll find out why before too long. Okay. Um, yeah, so now... Um, before he has like much time to settle in, uh, there's a knock at the door, and Dixie, who canonically is, I think, his girlfriend, is in our universe is his sister, Dixie okay. Kong, played by Laura Dern in just like a crappy, <laughs> just a cra- just a crappy little uh, uh, ape suit, uh, comes in with her son Diddy, who is uh, Kong's nephew, played by. Finn Wolfhart again in a crappy suit. Um, and here we get some explanation as to like why he was in prison. Um, we find out that 
Don's family are some of the only people on Earth who believe he's innocent and are down to like continue a relationship with them with him because they trust his innocence um and we find out here that diddy um has been looking up to his uncle for his whole life he hasn't seen him since he was uh eight years old back when he went into prison now he's an 18 year old aspiring donkey kong country artist himself um and don's like that's cool, like, whatever, but, like, like, let me, like, be in peace. Like, I don't want to really do anything with you ever, but especially not right now. Um, so then they, 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 go, they go on their way. Um, and before long, Don just starts out of, into a, in, down a path of, like, just drinking straight from the bottle and, like, watching TV all day and just kind of, like, wasting his life away because he's, like understandably so depressed to be thought of as such an evil person. He's drinking like, he's drinking like 10 Donkey Kongs a night is what he's doing. He, that's, that's his drink of choice is the Donkey With no one to sing. And with yeah. no one to sing for sing for him. Yeah. yeah Maybe there's his, a scene where he's like sadly sings it alone to himself as he takes <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like that scene in Detective Pikachu when Pikachu sings the song. Like it's kind of a crowd pleasing moment. Exactly. Like he, he he's like destroying his body with alcohol, but he has enough potassium from all these bananas. Like like, like one thing that's keeping him alive is he's also very constipated from these bananas, but he doesn't care. Oh yeah. So one night he eventually runs out of booze and walks over to the liquor store just to re up his life of pure solitary debauchery. Um, and he's like reaching for a bottle, b- bottle of vodka, when who should be reaching for the same bottle, but Pauline herself? And immediately, oh, well, by the way, Pauline is also played by Laura Dern, but as a human, like not, <laughs> not in a monkey wearing, suit. <laughs> in the monkey suit. Um, like, I think one thing we need is like as much Laura Dern as we can possibly get in this movie. Um, Speaking of David Lynch, right? Uh, yeah, so he immediately is like, oh, like, uh, I'm sorry, uh, like, awkwardly, like, apologizing. And she's like, then she starts apologizing as well. And then the audience hopefully is like, what the fuck? Like, why is, what's going on? Like, why are they both apologizing to one another? Like, what? And then eventually, after a few seconds of like, awkward, stammering apologies, um, Pauline leaves. And then when it's eventually time for Don to make his purchase and leave as well, um, he, he walks out and we see that Pauline is in her car, like watching him longingly. Like there's definitely like not only love, but like potentially like lust there. You know, there, like there is a lot of emotions between the two. Um, we then switch question for a sec is pauline mayor at this point in time or was she just previously mayor this really is where we contradict with michael's a little bit um she's not mayor never was mayor in this story but um she goes home to mario the mayor of new york city (laughs) Um, okay yeah, um, here we have Paul Rudd 
really trying for a best supporting role Oscar. Um, he's not going to get. <laughs> yeah, Paul Rudd is Mario. <laughs> Truly okay. a fakeless role in this movie. I, I must, I must add, but he's down. Um, yes, yeah, so we follow Pauline home to Mario. He's mayor of New York. Um, definitely has like a Cuomo vibe to him, like the <laughs> Italian like leader of um, New York government, you know. Um, and similar to Cuomo uh, back in the early pandemic, he's great on camera. Like he, New York loves him. He is a great guy in front of the camera, but um, as Pauline knows. The minute the cameras are off, he is stone cold and like genuinely abusive to Pauline. Um, we find out that she's basically stuck in, in this marriage to Mario um, and just doesn't have a way out. Um, and she's scared because she wants to divorce him and she's trying to quietly meet with lawyers, but she knows that when Mario's term as mayor is up in a few months, he's going to announce his, his bid for uh, Senate. And mm. she, she knows that if she doesn't get out now, like she's not going to get out ever. Um, so yeah, a really dark storyline that, we, that we're setting up with Pauline here. So then we stay with her for a little bit and she is still just spending her days like thinking about Don. Like she can't get him out of it. She can't get him out of her head. Um, and she starts like stalking him a little bit. Like he doesn't leave his house much, but she spends her days like, like in her car, like looking through his, through his apartment windows. Um, and whenever he like leaves for groceries, she's like kind of following behind him. And then eventually on the street, he like pulls her to the side and he's like, I've seen you following me. Like, Pauline, like, what is going on? Um, and here she admits that like, a day hasn't gone by that she does not think about him and that she's still deeply in love with him. Um, and then in classic movie fashion, it starts to rain and he like whisks her up into her apartment, into his apartment, um, to get out of, to get out of the cold. Um, and here is the exposition dump of the movie. When they talk, we find out that um, though Donkey Kong was imprisoned for the events of the original game, um, it, it, for kidnapping Pauline and having Mario have to rescue her, it turns out that Pauline and Don ran away consensually. Um, Mario was her fiance at the time and she wanted to leave him. Um, but Mario using his various large political power um, framed Donkey Kong for the kidnapping, threw him away to prison, and just basically threatened Pauline, saying, like, if you don't marry me, like, I'm going to destroy your life the way I destroyed Donkey Kong's. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> How are we ever going to redeem Mario in this universe? <laughs> um, Mario's this is, a monster. Mario's this, a monster. This movie is just more just the emotional truth for Donkey Kong. Like, this might just be his interpretation of events. Question. Um, because he's a Donkey Kong country music star. Are we? Is this movie going to feature Donkey Kong music during these big yeah. moments? Um, 
the majority of like act two is um all about all about music so right now we just found out that um we just found out all that i don't i don't need to repeat all that i just said but um the sexual tension between donkey kong and pauline is like palpable like it's very like the notebook-esque they're both wet from the rain like they're talking about their past like entanglements they're both they're like about to kiss it's like very genuinely sweet and earnest when there's a knock at the door and diddy enters with his guitar uh and like quickly pauline like leaves like awkwardly um to into the night and then diddy is like oh i and stepping into something that I shouldn't be here for. And Don is pissed because, like, Don doesn't like Diddy on a good day. And then um, he's interrupted his reunion with Pauline. It's, like, it's tragic. But um, so Don's mad. But then, luckily, Diddy has a good head on his shoulders. And he's, like, essentially, he, he calls him out. He's, like, dude, you are a depressed, like, sad sack at this point. Like, you're living like you're still in prison but you're out like be happy like the world is the world is open for you to like continue your life and you're not allowing yourself to um and don's like okay maybe maybe he's maybe diddy's on to something here um so he like he, he listens to diddy and then diddy um diddy eventually with his guitar performs a song that he wrote for his uncle um in the style of donkey kong country this is why we cast the musician known as uh finn wolfhart to uh to do uh his, some of his original work um, is he gonna be using his band that is original band i think uh yeah sure i think and I, what, and what i really think is that <laughs> while this movie might be like uh critically and commercially a huge failure like the one oscar this is gonna get is best original song for finn for sure. and his band um good for them the music yeah. just slaps <laughs> um it, it slaps so much that um don is like genuinely moved by all this uh the song and he agrees um He's like, yeah, you're right. I'm really not living my life the way I should. Um, And though I don't want to continue my music career, like I don't want to put myself through that, I will mentor you with your music career. And then he's like, you know what? Like, that's my uncle. Like I knew this, I knew knew he was was in there all along, you know? Um, So he's stoked. The next day, um, Dixie, his mom, played by Laura Dern, in the costume, yeah, this is, this is who it is. Uh, she comes over and she's just like so happy that her brother um, is back on like a positive path, you know. Um, and she's like, you know, like, I'm so happy about you mentoring my son, but also um, I have more good news. Like I set you up on a date with my coworker Candy, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and Don's like, fuck no, I'm not going on a date with someone you know from work. And then, but luckily, um, Dixie is very support, is very uh, persuasive, and kind of guilts him into it. What do Dixie and Candy do for work? 
um, at first thought was like Banana Factory. <laughs> um, no, wait, that's good. That, there's there's always go. money in the Banana Factory. <laughs> that's what okay. it is. They work in a Banana Factory. There you go. <laughs> um, so the, ne- the next day, uh, Don goes <laughs> on a date with Candy, who is Tessa Thompson in, again, a crappy monkey suit. Um, in fact, I think, like, to save money on the budget, like, they all share one monkey suit. Like, there's only Same one. Same monkey suit. Exactly. It's a $200 million movie, but they only have yeah. one monkey suit. And, exactly. And, and over the course of the two months that we filmed this, we never washed the suit once. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. We filmed it in chronological order, so you can tell over the course of the movie that they are disgusted. We thought, yeah, it, would, we thought it would help the, the actors get, like, stay in character, you know? But there's unfortunately like a huge lawsuit that like Tessa Thompson, Finn Wolfhart, and Laura Dern like sue the crap out of us for like not giving them a sanitary working condition. Um, but yeah, so we meet Tessa Thompson as Candy. Um, there's too many names for Candy. me to keep straight. Candy, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tessa Thompson is Candy, um, and she's awesome. Like she's truly like she is. She's not Pauline, but she is an amazing person and. It really, all these these confluence of events really show Don that like there is more to life than he is willing to to um, appreciate. So the date goes perfectly. Um, he walks her home. They share like a tender kiss at her front door, um, and then she invites him upstairs. And this is where the movie gets controversial as it leads into a very graphic sex scene between <laughs> Robert Pattinson's Don as a CGI uh, ape and Tessa Thompson in a full physical costume. When I see a smile on your hairy face I know there's no other way that could take your place I can't believe you feel the way that you Um, it's, like, it's like seven and a half minutes long. It's really graphic, but the NPAA had like an issue with it um, because technically there's no geni- human genitalia being shown. It's all ape stuff. Well, and it's and it's, she's in an ape suit, so it's not like she's not she can't like. Yeah. Well, does the monkey suit have? <laughs> genitalia? Yeah. Does it have ape, like a there's hole? ape genitalia? <clears throat> On the, even on, I mean, presumably in the CGI monkey, I could see how that could be a thing. But is, there's ape genitalia on the, the on the yeah. costume. Yeah, Tessa Tess, Tess Thompson not, was not doing nudity for this project. Like there was. <laughs> well, I just didn't a, know if it was all going to be fur or if there was going to be. <laughs> are they making I, love or are they just fucking? Like, is it good luck Chuck sex scenes or is it um, blue is the warmest color sex scene? I think closer to blue is the warmest color. Um, I was thinking more like, have you guys seen? You guys get this is. It's a, a really dangerous territory. This might become really pervy really fast. But, like, I was thinking, like, you know, have you seen Basic Instinct? Like, that was the vibe I was going for. Gotcha. Um, but it's, like, this sex scene is, like, inappropriately long. Like, it does not need to be seven and a half minutes. But, like, we are just not stopping. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a benchmark of the, uh, maybe, of the auteur filmmaker, of the auteur wannabe filmmaker, exactly. you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and also, 
it's only going to be that long at its premiere in, at Cannes. Um, the American <laughs> version is like a minute, like it tops. Well. <laughs> it just Amer- the American audiences weren't ready for this right. ape on ape scene. But Europe um, loves it. Yeah, Europe got the uncensored at Venice, version. At Venice exactly. couldn't get enough of it. It's this one of those movie- things where like. What were you saying? This movie's only six minutes long in the in its Chinese release. It's like they, exactly. they censored the whole thing. It's one of those things where like where like Tish sophomores who are like are into like this like indie shit are gonna be like, oh like I saw like the French version. And the, and their friends are like, oh damn, like I saw the American version. Like I didn't get the full like ape sex scene. Like <laughs> I didn't get Tessa Thompson's butthole. Exactly. Or the prosthetic butthole. That <laughs> the she prosthetic butthole. Right. The um, that then every other actor has to share. that's a good point (laughs) yeah so i guess like technically all the apes who aren't don are um female at like female at birth you know like physically right did he this is right because it's the same suit did he exactly (laughs) did he's wearing the 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 girl monkey suit diddy is uh is masculine presenting right Though, really, I mean, this 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 it sounds like this movie is a statement on the fluidity of gender. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um. In fact, in fact, for Khan. In fact, I um, I'm not the credited screenwriter because there obviously are a lot of themes of like race and like gaslighting and like abuse that like, I, as a white man I don't feel comfortable touching on. But I'm just the story by credit. You know, like someone a better writer than me is actually going to like put this into final draft you know right right right. um so yeah around five minutes into the seven minute sex scene um we start to notice that don is getting flashes of pauline in his mind like he's making love to candy but he cannot stop thinking about lord Dern. um and then that ultimately leads him to finish the act and therefore the scene overall. Um, so that's done. And throughout the rest of act two, we're really in a land of like less plot, more just like more vibes, to, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, he's dating Candy. And this is like two hours worth of film of just like scenes of them dating scenes of him mentoring Diddy um and it's boring I'm being honest with you like most <laughs> of this part of, like we're not really gonna touch on a lot of the middle section of the movie because it's not a whole lot going on like we see Don and Candy like changing gifts like they give each other flowers chocolates <laughs> bananas bananas she <laughs> gives him a um like a huge teddy bear to keep in like the corner of his room it's very sweet, but like it's like a fifteen-minute scene. Like it doesn't it doesn't need to be as detailed as we're making it, you know. Um, but the whole the whole act two chunk, well, I guess back half of act two really leads um, to Diddy's first solo gig at Pete's Candy Store in Brooklyn, like the the famous venue, um, where there he's headlining a donkey kong country show and he's really nervous um the, he, he he's like he's, he's almost not sure if he's gonna go on and then 
uh, his uncle has to convince him, like, this is for you. This is, this is your journey. This is your dream, you know? He goes on. And he crushes it. Like it's he does an amazing show. And um, similar to a star is born, it, uh, a manager shows up after after the show and is like, "Diddy, like you're a star. Like I want, like I want to have a meeting with you Monday. Like you are it. You are like you're going to be bigger than than Don ever was." And unfortunately. Don overhears this and it's like a bittersweet moment because he's like obviously like that sucks to hear but he's so happy for his nephew that like he um he's able to just focus on being happy for his nephew question about if donkey kong is so disgraced mm-hmm. even though he has created an entire genre of music what is the state of donkey kong country music right now are people embarrassed to listen to it or did they separate the art from the artist they on separate this? the art from the artist um it's sort of how like like Ronan Farrow is Woody Allen's son but we're not blaming Ronan Farrow for that you know what I mean like right. Diddy is going to be able to succeed despite his familial connections you know right um and he does like, like from all we can tell, like he's gonna be, like he's the Lady Gaga in twenty eighteen Star Is Born, you know. He's he's Ali, you know. <laughs> um, so that happens, and um, then Don leaves the show um, with like a happy tear in his eye, you know. Like I said, it's like a bitter, it's like a bittersweet moment for him, um, and he leaves the show. And outside, he sees Pauline, and she's crying. And he's like, what's, 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 what's wrong? Um, and she's just distraught over how much she misses him. And she says like, she wants to be happy that he's happy, but it just pains her to see him so happy while she's doing so terribly. Um, she talks about how she's so scared to be with Mario and how like he so abusive and awful. Um, so luckily Don takes her home to his apartment again. Um, and again, a controversial move. Uh, they sleep together. He cheats on candy with the real love of his life, Pauline. Um, and while you would think this was, oh my God, like, of course, like, Nathaniel, you're writing, like, another gratuitous sex scene? No. Because <laughs> when this second, it's, it's definitely, it starts, we see a second of it, but then it fades to, like, a recording. Like, 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 like this, 
scene, like this like sex scene of theirs, is being played on a monitor. And we're like, what the fuck? It's being recorded by the teddy bear that Candy gave him scenes earlier. Um, and so, so like, what monitor is this? Like, who's watching this? Obviously, Candy's watching it, but do you know who else is watching it? Mario. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. It's revealed that Candy is Mario's mistress. And she was planted at the banana factory to, to get to keep tabs on Don. Oh my god, a concubine. Yeah. So they um I want it's not actually love triangle, it's love square <laughs> of these four intertwined lovers. Wow. It's um <laughs> so here we're really getting into like the closing part of the movie. Um like I can't stress enough how much time in the middle was wasted on just Donkey Kong Country vibes. practice. Vibes. Yeah, vibes. Pure you don't vibes. waste time on vibes, Nathaniel. Fair, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so Mario, um, this is really the scene where Paul Rudd is like trying to get an Oscar. You know, um, he confronts Pauline. Um, he shows her the video of her having sex with Don, um, and he also shows her that he knows about. Her correspondence with like divorce lawyers and he threatens her saying that like they'll they will be together forever she will be the first lady of new york of new york or i guess she would be the first lady of new york but she'd be she will continue to be his wife when he's a senator um and if he ever if she ever tries to contact don again he'll leak the video to the press and like he'll ruin her you know um so she begs Mario, like, please, like, like she, she's willing to, like, throw her life away, but just, like, let me say goodbye to Don. And norm, like, Mario's like, no, absolutely not. But for the sake of the plot, he agrees. So Pauline is able to run over to Don's house um, to say, you know, one final goodbye. Um, and she knocks on the door crying and he's like Polly like 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 what's wrong but also like um Candy and Diddy are here like like chill like I, 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 they can't know that we're also together um and she blurts it out and she's like she tells him everything about um Mario and Candy's involvement and at this point I actually have two endings so I, th- I think we can discuss like which ending you prefer um so the first ending they both, both endings involve um, Don going into like a blind rage, so angry at um, Candy that he starts like strangling her. Like very intense scene, like super dark to watch him like basically almost kill this woman. Um, and then Diddy has no idea what's going on. So Diddy tries to like break up the fight. Um, and unfortunately for him, it's one of those things where, like, you know, he Don throws his arm off on Diddy. Um, Diddy uh, flings, f- flies across the room, hits his head on the wall, and ultimately perishes in this moment. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> so that's incredibly uh, dark. Oh my Tessa god! Thompson is acting her life out. She's like laughing, like you fucker, like you. 
kill your own nephew. Like you're the monster that everyone thought you were. Like, <laughs> like laughing, calling the police. Um, and she's like, you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. Um, but then Pauline is like, you know what? No, like you're not going to spend the rest of your life in prison. We're running, we're, we're, we're running away together. Um, and they do. So as the police sirens play throughout Brooklyn, Pauline and Don run away into an uncertain future. That's ending one. Well, okay. Okay. All right. Hit me ending with ending two. Ending two is okay. very similar. Give us ending two. Different. Um, he's still killing Pauline in this Her. moment. Candy, um, right? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he's not. He's not killing. He's not. He's not killing uh, Pauline. Candy. He's killing. Diddy tries to get him off, but is ultimately unsuccessful. Um, and he kills Candy this moment. And then Diddy is just like, you know what? Like, I loved you my whole life. I didn't believe when they said you were a monster, but you are. Like, you are a monster. Um, and he's like, I'm calling the police. Like, you can run all you want but like they're gonna find you fuck you and then a uh, same ending sirens throughout brooklyn and pauline and don making their way into the night wow pete i'm actually not sure which ending i liked more because wow. as nathaniel as you were reading the first one i found myself really on board with the idea of diddy kong dying so i found myself surprisingly on board with the idea of diddy kong dying and having to have donkey kong live with that guilt but at the same time the idea of diddy kong turning against donkey kong is almost more compelling because mm-hmm. it sets up for future conflict but i don't know I'm, I'm undecided on which one i like more i think dramatically speaking i'm more inclined for diddy dying because i think we get both i think we get him turning against don but we still have i think, don I think, I, I, the guilt yeah, I think if him. it's if it's really don's story then it makes sense for diddy kong to die here because it's like you know diddy kong was on was en route to to surpass don's legacy here um but ultimately was was you know, like wrong place, wrong time on this one. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the Diddy death is the stronger choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, when I was practicing this pitch, I was told that that was just too sad. But um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. so I think dead. it totally matches. No, I think it matches think so totally either. with um, with the rest of the of the movie. I have a pitch for that. Like, what if? My pitch is if Donkey Kong Country music kind of dipped in popularity after Don went to jail and Diddy is kind of the symbol of the future of what it could be, the comeback. But as Diddy, as Diddy's thrown against the wall, he's thrown against like all of the Donkey Kong oh, Country man. awards you talked about like earlier and all of them shatter over like his <laughs> problem body. Is, the problem is, is we can't do it's, that because if we did that, this movie would be too good and it wouldn't be critically panned the way Nathaniel wants it to be. I think if we, if we started, if we did that, it'd be like, it, <laughs> it would, we're Oscar winning. I don't know. I think I think the monkey suit. I think the monkey suit is inexcusable. Um, there's some scenes that need to be cut. 
I, I feel like there's at least someone who doesn't understand what movie they're in and One gives a weird performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laura, Laura Dern kills it as Candy. Not as Candy. Laura Dern kills it as Pauline, but doesn't yeah, understand like, Dixie's struggle. <laughs> That's so good. Man, oh man. There's so much to dig into there. I feel like all continuity stuff aside, like we, we have to set, I just want to set continuity stuff aside completely until we get to that section because we will definitely have to talk about Mario and the redemption of Mario and how we, how we explain. Yeah. Mario's um, going to be tough. But on its own, this is Donkey Kong's truth. This is, this is Donkey Kong's, this is a story about a Donkey Kong that is grappling with, I mean, Donkey Kong's first appearance in a video game was as the villain. He was the villain. And Nintendo decided to rehabilitate Donkey Kong into his own hero. And that's kind of what this movie is. You know, it's this movie isn't about that same rehabilitation, but it's about the same process of dealing with that legacy as, you know, this this villain and this really complex hero who who you know, also has a has an eye for for the ladies. If we're gonna going like film Twitter about this, it's it's about how society puts you in a box and you try to break out of it as much as you want to live life, but at the end of the day, you're just what they say you are because you're not allowed to be anything different. You get the vision. You fuck with the vision. Man, oh man. I got you, man. I will. I do want to just as a note. We did do some rewriting of the Kong family tree, which I'm totally on board with. But I just want to—I want to make sure we have a note of it that that in the games, <laughs> Diddy Kong, She's, Dixie Kong is, is normally Diddy Kong's girlfriend, and now yes, and now but now Dixie is Diddy's mom, which I'm on board with because it doesn't matter. That's a change that's ultimately an aesthetic change that that we can sh- that we can go ahead and do with. But I want—I want to make sure I want to make sure that the, any hardcore Donkey Kong fans listening to this don't get mad at us and that we do acknowledge that. Yeah. That, well, that, we're also, we're also toying with some edible themes just, just in that change alone, you know? Yeah. And there are some interesting other, there are, I'm not sure it's edible themes. What's, what would, what would be the word for wanting to fuck your sister? Because Laura Dern plays both Donkey Kong's sister and uh, Pauline. So there's something going on there. If this is like Donkey there's, Kong's truth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the word, but you're on to something uh. for sure. <laughs> Donkey Kong's all sorts of messed up, I think. I think he's like all sorts of sexually repressed. Mm-hmm. That that he is he's yeah. He's it's got funny, some, when, like when you asked if I had any lynch things going on, I was like, Well, Laura Dern. That's true. There. Twice. True. Yeah. I feel like there is definitely some lynch stuff going on with just how much like I feel like I don't know. It, it, the, nothing in your pitch is like outwardly. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, surreal. Yeah, nothing. Nothing in the pitch is outwardly surreal, aside from maybe like the monkey suit thing. But it <laughs> feels surreal. Like the tone of it is very surreal, even though it's not quite explicitly so. Like it feels very early Twin Peaks. That's I'm I see what you're saying by Sofia Coppola because I'm I'm mm-hmm. getting lost in translation like just vibes like one perfect shot YouTube playlist while you're studying at 2 a.m. vibe from this movie. Also, just Sofia Coppola in the sense that um, there's no actual like 
Well, there's problems, but it's all very first world problems. Like everyone is super rich in this movie. I don't think it's first world problems. He was in jail. Yeah, but he also has millions of dollars. He like he goes from jail to a Brooklyn loft, you know. Yeah, and he went to he went to jail for uh, like kidnapping a woman and and uh, yeah, gallivanting about on the Empire State Building, which isn't exactly ten years. That's a, that's a white collar crime. <laughs> ten years for kidnapping, like he got off easy, you know. That's true. He did get off easy. I mean, Donkey Kong almost certainly knew people in the system. Like he knew that he probably knew the judge. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was challenging as far as how much um, corruption there was going on because there was corruption on both sides. Mario framed him, of course, but of course, Donkey Kong was corrupt in his own way in getting only a ten-year sentence for such a crime. Culturally, would you say th- there are some big like celebrity trials? Like OJ is a great example. Like, and that that kind of affected the culture, at, and because we all watched it at the same time. Is Donkey Kong's trial any similar? Um. Yeah, I don't think we should go into the prequel yet, but there will be a like a People versus Kong. American crime story <laughs> going on later. That's my next the picture. The people versus Kong, the Don exactly. story. The Don story. That's pretty funny. Pete, do you have final questions about the Pete pitch itself? Because I'm dying. I have a lot of continuity questions. I'm dying to talk about Mario. Mario. When it comes to continuity, I wanna. I have. I, I have a like a catch-all answer that I'd love to get on the record. Please. Because okay. well, well, let's move into continuity approaching and. Nathaniel, before I let you do that, I was actually I was gonna say, as you were saying, I, I scribbled down some notes on uh on um three theories I have for how okay. we can save Mario's legacy while still maintaining everything in this film being canon. Mm-hmm. Because that's very important. Like everything in this film, like it should still be ca- some form of canon. Mm-hmm. But, but we do have to redeem Mario somehow. Um so I, I have three ways to do that, but let me let me let me hear your catch-all first. My catch-all was just um, we know Mar- in this universe we we mostly know Mario from Michael's pitch, correct? Correct. Um, yes. Which I again I listened to that after writing this, but before uh, I listened to Greg's first, which is why it's so much is so much of this pitch is Donkey Kong Country themed right um so basically the my workaround was that this is the wicked to michael's mario's wizard of oz like this is the story that you don't see in michael's um and even though michael's had pauline being the mayor um it had mario kind of being like a bum not really like the like the classic like Paul Rudd mayor that we see him in this version, but this is just this just focuses on my story focuses on the emotional truth for Kong, right? Or Don, I, I rather it, not it, the literal like manifestation of facts. Right. It doesn't matter if Mario was literally the mayor of New York in in Donkey Kong's mind. Mario is so powerful in his in Donkey Kong's world that he might as well be. Exactly. Um, I think Michael even refers to him as just some ape from the Bronx Zoo. And it's like, if you're Don, you're like, how fucking dare you call me some ape from the Bronx Zoo? Right. I, mean, this, I, I created Donkey Kong Country. 
Right. And, yeah. But in in reality, what Donkey Kong Country might be might just be like. <laughs> but in Donkey Ooh. Kong's mind, that's a exactly. whole new music genre. If that's your perspective, maybe right. it's yeah. all about perspective. It exactly. could be a thing where sort so, sort of like encourage the cowardly dog. It's about this dog who's constantly trying to protect this old couple that owns him from all of these crazy, scary monsters that always seem to be attacking the house. And one of the leading theories is that it's not that these monsters are actually attacking the house. This is just how a dog feels and see, like, this is how a dog, a scared dog views the world. Yeah. And I've heard that. Yeah, it could be similar of like just a scared ape trying to make sense of everything. It could even be like he's named Donkey Kong after the music genre that already exists. Whoa. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting theory. These theories are more heady than so the the, the theories that I had well, the first one is just like the the easiest I think the easiest and the laziest way we would do this is just to say it's an alternate alternate timeline alternate okay. version of events where it just happened this way and maybe one day like it's just the, I'll call that one the multiverse theory easy it would get the do- <laughs> it would get the job done it would it's it's that would be like the Occam's razor version but it also feels lazy to me cuz that's how we've okay. explained a couple other things on this show <laughs> um the other theory i have is call i'm going to call the doppelganger theory which is um that maybe at some point, because in Mario and Michael's Mario pitch, the events of Donkey Kong do happen, as you referenced, where, where you know, mm-hmm. an ape steals Pauline. That's kind of the gist of it. It doesn't happen in the movie. Michael just did some back writing that happens. So we can tweak it a little bit because it's, it's not mm-hmm. actually part of Michael's movie. Um, but maybe after that, because that happens at some point in like the 90s or, you know, at some point. Um Maybe Mario goes missing and he's replaced by a doppelganger that we, you know, mm. could be Wario. I kind of like it as like Wario posing as Mario, maybe. Um, and then that version of Mario becomes the mayor, does all, is a monster, because we could have Wario be a monster. That's why it's kind of nice to have it maybe be Wario. And Mario has other doppelgangers floating out there. He's got Craig of Dr. Mario. What were you going to say, Pete? My pitch is 2018. You said this takes place in, right? Did I say that? No, I, I just compared it to the Halloween 2018. Oh, okay. That was just a direct sequel to the 1978. Well, this pitch, oh. if we're rolling with 2018, just just <laughs> sure. for now. Okay. Ten, and he's in jail for 10 years. Michael's yeah. movie takes place in 2008, where Mario Whoa. goes to the Mushroom Kingdom, is transported to this other world. Maybe when he's there, someone takes over the role of Mario and kind of ruins his life. And my pitch for who should be that person is Bowser Jr. Um, Because Bowser Jr. has impersonated Mario in the past, is always trying to ruin Mario's reputation. Um, And it would set us up for some sort of Super Mario Sunshine-esque sequel. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I I also had a workaround that I was going to pitch, but just doesn't work enough is when I was listening to Michael's uh, episode initially, I was going to be like, Oh yeah, well that's Mario. There could be a Mario who's 
Mario's cousin, like a, also named Mario, but a different guy. But then the more I listened to Michael's episode, the more I was like, this does, <laughs> is not enough of an explanation. <laughs> explanation. But it was, it was like gotcha. Well, my final theory is is actually the closest to your catch-all, Nathaniel. Which mm-hmm. it was, I'm gonna call that. I'm gonna call it simulation theory, which is that maybe Donkey Kong, the hero Donkey Kong, or or just the character Donkey Kong, is in some kind of place that allows you to live out simula- simulations of life as it might have happened or maybe like the most pure version of you so that's like that would make it like donkey kong's truth and maybe that place mm-hmm. is like we it's called like the game and watch gallery and it's run by mr game and watch or something and that's what then that's what the game and watch is and that's why it's like very simulated and virtual that's Ooh. far out pitch i don't know if we want to do anything with that um, we're like, yeah, we're made, like Mr. Game and Watch is like this master of like this dream world where you come and you can live out like the most pure version of your es- essence. I usually don't like like looking at the snow globe and everything's not real esque endings, but I really like the idea of setting up Game and Watch as this person who delivers fantasies especially because game and watch is such a regular dude who just like seems to always be just going to work right at the same time though pete if we wanted we can keep the mr game and watch as a deliverer of fantasy ideas but not have that be this movie okay i mean this is embarrassing to be on the Mizan smash uh pod not knowing who mr game and watch is but um <laughs> Sorry to admit that, but I played a game on the 64 in like preschool where um, it was like, I remember being like in a castle and you would jump from like painting to Mario painting. 64? <laughs> yeah. So it, it, could, it could even be like that potentially where it's like this world is like a painting in that castle. Painting in the castle. Does that make any sense? Kind of. Kinda. Actually, yeah, a, a, a little bit. Okay, like this is like just one version of. I mean, just just another way to explain how this is just one version of how things could have gone. Pete, I've got a I've got a pitch for you. Okay, how about what if we narrow it down to like four possible ways we excl- we explain the redemption of Mario, and then we turn it over to Twitter and we let Twitter decide which <laughs> what's going to be canon. <laughs> Okay, I'm game for that. Okay, let's uh. So let's okay. turn it over to you, folks. Let's see what are what are the four options here that of what could be canon. I like Wario theory, or no Bowser. I like actually. Sorry, I liked Bowser Junior theory more. Okay, there's the doppelganger theory. There's a. Uh, so that's Bowser doppelganger theory is Bowser Junior one, right? There's Nathaniel's catch all. Yeah, we'll do catch catch all. We'll call that that um, mind of mind of. Kong theory. Well, we have. I'm voting for that we one. We have Mind of Kong. Get my vote. I like the Mind of Kong theory actually so far. But. Bowser Junior theory, Game and Watch theory, and then what's our what's our fourth theory? I said the paintings, but is that Game uh, and Watch? Painting is this similar to Game and Watch? I feel like paintings would be a way okay. to stylize Game and Watch more than okay, its for sure. own. For sure. Mario is just a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, wait. Oh. No, we can't because people will vote for that one, dude. <laughs> You're, yeah. 
You're right. We can't get. Let's just have it be those three, maybe. No, we need a not fourth com- one. We need a fourth one. Not to compare it to um, the MCU, um, but isn't it? Like, didn't every Marvel? I mean, not every Marvel. Didn't every Iron Man movie? The villain is basically a guy who Tony Stark um, like fucked over in the past. Yeah. So it's like, like clearly, audiences are willing to accept that some people hate your lead if mario is the iron man of the situation um and then uh kong is whoever the fuck sam rockwell played in iron man he's just you know he's I mean? just like, too evil I, I think he's too evil to be hmm. redeemable like he's like mob boss evil if he weren't um, a, i think if he weren't like yeah if you weren't planting hidden cameras and abusing his girlfriend and giving her ultimatums <laughs> If you yeah. were if you were just screwing over the working man, I think audiences audiences <laughs> normally forgive that kind of late capitalism evil, but they won't forgive. Uh... But again, we are playing to a very French audience right. here, and they don't right. seem to. <laughs> the fourth, we also had alternate timeline theory, which is the lazy one uh, we wanted to put. Yeah, that. I guess we can just have that be the fourth. All go. right. So, listeners. When this episode is released, we will release it alongside a poll. And uh, I think we've I think we've walked through each of those four sufficiently enough that if any yeah. become canon, we'll kind of get the idea. Play um, it back. Tweet us with any questions so we can clarify any of the. Yeah, tweet tweet your questions at us, and we'll. Um... Can I tweet or should I be silent? Tweet. Oh, no, you tweet. Okay. You okay. tweet. Tweet all you want. Yeah, tweet I'll, all you want, dude. I'll, I'll give my. It two won't cents. come out for a few weeks, but um, definitely tweet when it when it. I'll start drafting now. Yeah, and I'll, you can. Nathaniel, feel ready. free to take a side. Like I think I think we'll, Pete and I will probably like we'll tweet it out neutrally from the Mizan Smash mm-hmm. Twitter, but then Pete and I might take sides in the. Oh, I'm totally voting. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm gonna vote. There you go. It's just it's gonna be the three of us yeah. voting and no one oh, else. Oh, one hundred percent. It's like three of us and one other person. <laughs> this is fun. I like audience go. involvement. We haven't really done any of yeah. it yet. Um, alrighty. I'm glad I could help, guys. Yeah. So, right. so we'll leave that. We'll leave that poll up for maybe like however long Twitter lets you leave polls up for, and then we'll we'll report back next episode on what the winner of uh, of the uh, poll was, and that will become canon. So it'll be well, fun. That- Thank awesome. you so much for coming on, Nathaniel. We've had thanks for having we've me. We've had adult pitches before, but I think this is easily the darkest. Yeah, we had. haven't had anything like this. Whoa, that's amazing to hear. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you were comparing Jenna's to Goodfellas a lot. That was pretty dark, right? True, but you. I think yeah. you're actually you're the first of our guests. I mean, you're what now? Our our 18th guest. Wow. No, because oh, Pete really? and you and I did a, did an episode. So you're maybe like our 16th guest. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, you might be the first guest to kill off a Smash brother. Look at me go, guys. Now, of course, it might Breaking be a simulated version of Diddy Kong or whatever we decide on. But you're the first person to have a member of the Smash Brothers roster die on screen, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not... Well, I- I think in my movie it happened no matter right. what. Like right. the, in the, it will, we'll explain it for like the large. Of course, universe, of course. But like, yeah, if, he's dead. In I think. Movie. I think even if it is like a simulation, I don't think this movie establishes that it was a simulation. I think that will exactly. that will be established in later movies. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. All righty. Well, thank you, Nathaniel, so much for joining us. It was a blast. 
Um, we, we're, we're hoping, we hope that you feel a little closer to Donkey Kong now. We, we certainly do. Yeah, I hope you learned I, I something. I understand him, I think. Hey, thank you so much for listening. None of this would be possible without some awesome remixes by some very talented, very underappreciated musicians. Here are their credits so you can listen to them without us talking over it. ECJ Television did the Donkey Kong Lo-Fi. Altwave did the Donkey Kong Country Synthwave Retrowave Medley. Metatron did the In a Snowbound Land slash Treetop Tunes remix. Rebecca E. Tripp did the DK64 Frantic Factory Orchestral remix. Funk Fiction did the Aquatic Ambience Funk Fiction remix. Super Guitar Bros did the Aquatic Ambience Acoustic cover. Rebecca E. Tripp did the DK64 Candy's Theme Orchestral Remix. Helen did the Aquatic Ambience Lo-Fi Remix. Ben Zimmerman did the Sticker Brush Symphony Orchestral Remix. Joan Ruiz did the Jungle Groove Guitar Cover. The Donkey Kong Country 2 Crocodile Cacophony Orchestral Remix comes from Ben Zimmerman. Gianni Abel did Lockjaw's Saga, the Sunken Remix. Emu Nader did the Donkey Kong Country 2 Ocean's Lanterns Forest Interlude Remix. 2AM Donkey Kong comes from Cyberfriend. And as always, the sound effects come from the Donkey Kong series, the Super Smash Brothers series, freesound.org, and soundsnap.com. As usual, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Pod, And find us at our personal Twitters at Simon Lewis On. And at P. Simmons Hayes. Thank you so much for listening and catch us back here in two weeks with another installment in the Super Smash Brothers Cinematic Universe. <laughs>